I mean, these things can chew through the earth. That's like yeah. their thing. That's how hungry they are because they just like digest the dirt instantly. God, I wish that was me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so cool to like actually be able to eat dirt? So tell me about your desire to eat dirt more. <laughs> I want to hear about that. Waiting for a break in the rain. Waiting for the moment to change your lane. I came home from the wasteland. Heroic and triumphant like a comic book girl. Created out of nothing like a comic book girl. Hey! So where even is Parker? Uh, I don't know. Like, usually she's pretty good about telling us if she's not gonna like show up to a hangout or to a class discussion so i don't know yeah we've never even had two people in the class discussion uh do you want to see if she's elsewhere maybe we can just dip out for a second and come back let's go give her a call or something so Parker's dead, right? No, she's not dead. She, well, I guess she could be. I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, she texted me yesterday <laughs> about, like, she had a question about a plant. We could all theoretically be dead. Okay, Trinity from the Matrix. So, anyway, um, I guess she could have died between sending me the text and now, but I hope she's not dead. I don't think she's actually dead. It's just that she really doesn't miss class very often. Yeah. And this was kind of unannounced, so. Maybe, maybe T.A. Indras personally sniped her. <laughs> well he snipes all the time at her in class eh, ba-dum-ting. <laughs> well parker i guess if uh i guess if you show up you know just come join us we miss you parker parkour parkour <laughs> do you know how to do parkour that would be so cool parker you should learn parkour so you could be parkour parker you have to yell parker when you do it yeah 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 parker <laughs> <laughs> Parker! A Parkermon. Alright, let's get back to class. Well, hi everyone. Welcome to the class today. I'm so excited to talk about- I don't think about... one person counts as everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's every... just us. Hello, all the voices in my head and also Cassandra. I'm so excited <laughs> to talk about- How do you know I'm test. not a voice in your head? You are in my headphones, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. You're in my headphones right now, so... We talked about number 43, volume 40... Journal 43, <laughs> the test. <laughs> I would say this Do is... Do we need to introduce ourselves? Like, there's two of us, so I assume the TA can just be like, uh, yeah, person one, person two. Yeah, you know what? We're not going to introduce ourselves. We're you rebels. Should just, you should just know us by now, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> TAs slash Professor Leon. Speaking of people missing, yikes. Yeah. Anyways, I think so I think this cover is in contention for most horrible. How do you mm-hmm. feel how do you feel staring at the cover of number forty three of the test? Not good. You know, I'm really not a fan of this artist's interpretation of a taxon, sorry. Tobias turning into a taxon. Not a fan, especially this version of a taxon. Yeah. I feel like because the taxons are sort of all over mostly the same color like the morphing stages kind of blend together a little and it just sort of if you glance at it it just looks like one very big taxon with like a dark spot on its tail (laughs) 
I guess that's true. Uh, anyway, let's talk about the book. Um, God, there's just so much violence in this book. Yeah. Can you summarize it for me? Yes. <laughs> so I, I do want to preface this with an apology to the TAs since it is the end of the semester and I am in a hurry. Well, almost the end of the semester. And I'm in a hurry. I read this really quickly in the middle of doing other stuff. So I don't. And, but I did read it like two hours ago. So hopefully that <laughs> balances out. You never admit uh, that to a professor or a TA. <laughs> well, you know what? They know it's the end of the semester. Yeah, there's like one or two weeks left. It's this, and then next week is the last week of classes, and then there's like a week of finals. Anyway, so plot summary for this one. So Tobias is out vibing in the woods, and he hears that there is a missing child somewhere, and so he goes and looks for the missing child and reunites him with his father, but he does this kind of too obviously, and so everyone's like, oh wow, look at that red-tailed hawk that saved the boy. And he gets injured while doing it. He gets uh, hit by a golden eagle. So then he gets like taken to a university and put in a cage so they can like help him heal. And it's in the newspaper that this red-tailed hawk saved a boy. So Taylor tracks him down and she takes him away to like a, a random shack and tells him that she has this plan to blow up the Yerk pool with a gas explosion or something, and she wants to bring about democracy. Taylor tells him that she actually just wants to talk, and she wants to bring about democracy and take down Visser 3, and Tobias is like, yeah, right. And she lets him go. He goes back to the Anamorphs. They talk about it, and they don't trust her, but they do, most of them do want to go through with her plan to blow up the Yerk pool, which I have some thoughts about. Yeah, but honestly, they are all pretty gung-ho with the whole like yeah mass murder except cassie cassie good for her actually does say no she's not gonna do it and cassie stays behind she like she goes with them for the beginning of the mission but she does not engage in the main part so in order to dig through the earth to link the gas pipe up to the yerk pool area they have to dig really really far and they have to do it quickly so taylor tells them they should morph taxons tobias and axe acquire taxon morphs they really struggle with it because taxons suffer from insatiable hunger, which is driven by, it seems, sort of a, a fear of food insecurity. So they are constantly hungry and it is incredibly difficult. They can't really control the morph. They just kind of have to redirect it, but they can't fully control it. So they dig the tunnel and predictably Taylor betrays them. And they're almost all like poisoned by the gas and also blown into the Yerk pool. But someone turns it off and they finally get back and they find that Cassie had gone to the gas station place and turned it off. It's it's like air gas, not gasoline, to be clear, because she had contacted the Yerk peace movement and warned them to stay away. And the Yerk peace movement had said, oh man, the time that Taylor is picking to blow it up with the gas is when we almost all go and feed on the Candrona rays. So clearly she was doing this to take out the entire peace movement and she was probably working with Visser 3 all along. And then Rachel and Tobias go and hang out on the beach because these, these journals always end with them hanging out on the beach. The last few have to because of all the stuff that they're going through. Yeah. I wish I could just go have fun beach time whenever I experience trauma, but... I've always lived too far inland. Yeah, I would also like that. And also just be able to hang out with people again on the beach. I miss people so much. Um, yeah, so this is a really important moment of kind of the same moral quandary that they go through all the time of the trolley problem, but like <laughs> war crime edition. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's, it's always going to be bad. And I've read ahead a little bit. 
And there are times when they compromise that with various results. And obviously, whenever they put people's lives on the line, it's always a bad idea. And also, I just don't know why they're comfortable trusting Taylor. Like, yeah. she's so good at lying and so good at manipulating people. Like, they do talk about it in the journal. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, we shouldn't trust Taylor, but we should still take this opportunity. It's like, how do you even know the opportunity is the It's Taylor. It's Taylor. How do you even know she is telling the truth about any of it like they have no outside confirmation they're just trusting her you know they take all these precautions but it's like why bother in the first Mm -hmm. place it's taylor like you you know what she's like why would you even go for it in the first place objections to mass murder aside which obviously i have many objections to mass murder and war crimes there's almost no reward i could think of that would in my mind make it worth going along with any amount of taylor's plans because it's it's just she's gonna they know they know from the beginning that she doesn't believe in democracy they don't know from the beginning that she is working with viscer three but they know from the beginning that even if she is a rebel she still is untrustworthy she's probably gonna try and get them killed i just don't get why they think that basically anything is a good enough justification to go along with any part of her plan it must be incredibly infuriating for cassie because from her perspective, God, I felt so bad for her. Yeah, like, from her perspective, she has been working with the peace movement Yerks, yeah, this whole time. She's been communicating with them, and the rest of the Animorphs, you know, their policy is pretty much, oh, we don't work with Yerks. There's no way that we can be able to trust them completely. But they're, yeah. like, <laughs> they're perfectly happy to try to have this tenuous relationship with Taylor, someone who has tortured Tobias and is just a sub you know? Like, it's just politics. And, yeah, and then Cassie has like, to go and save their butts at the end anyways. It's like, personally, if someone tortured you and then was like, oh, by the way, I'll give you this thing I want if you at least kind of tenuously trust me. I would be like, you know, you tortured my friend, so that's going to be a no from yeah, me, Yeah, and actually. it's like they asked his permission, but... Although, can I just say, I really, really related to how Tobias feels throughout this book with, like, the way that people are sort of being, like, overly polite around him and around his trauma because I have absolutely had that interaction around all kinds of stuff, around, like talking about disability stuff around yeah some like crap that happened to me when I was a kid so the way that everyone's like oh Tobias you know we just wanted to ask if you'd be like okay with us working with someone who gave you terrible PTSD and tortured you horribly like you know it's totally fine if it's a no just don't do it like that's that's it class discussion over we've solved it just don't do it it's like they're coddling him but at the same time they're just trying to take advantage of him and it's like they're his only friends pick one or the other yeah exactly it's like either coddle him and mean it, which is like he wouldn't like, you know, it feels gross and condescending, but either coddle him and mean it and say, no, we're not working with Taylor, or just be like, actually, Tobias, get wrecked, we're working with Taylor and we don't care. I feel like in a weird way, he would have almost preferred that because at least it's honest. And he would, I think, at least have understood to some degree that like, Sometimes you have to do stuff that sucks for the cause. Not that they had to do it because it was a bad idea, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Tobias is consistently willing to make the hard decision that puts him at risk. Yeah. <laughs> like, he he did that in the very first journal. Yeah, exactly. And they've all been doing that the whole time. But at this point, it's like, I mean, they're just exhausted. And they're trying to metagame this entire situation. And, like, how can we get an, uh, an upper hand on the Yerks and 
the political hierarchy because I feel like they're not just the Andalite bandits anymore. They are like rebels and they are making a serious impact at this point. Whether or not they like yeah. it, they are involved with the like political hierarchy that goes on and they're trying to play that game, which I think is a bad idea. Like <laughs> I have mixed feelings because I feel like Okay, so here's kind of a thought experiment. Um, no horses involved. if you will. <laughs> no, there are no horses. Okay, so I think there's kind of two, two possible scenarios I think are interesting and telling to think about. Number one, it's not Taylor who is the one who comes to them with this plan. It's like a, a neutral year. It's, they're not a member of the peace movement, but they're also not like the Vissers crony person, mm -hmm. whatever, hench, hench person. And then number two, a member of the Yerk peace movement. A member of the Yerk peace movement probably wouldn't come up with this plan, but like if they had sort of a, a milder version of this plan where it would theoretically like not harm host bodies and not harm the members of the peace movement. Yeah, but just stymie the Eric's efforts. You know, if there was a way to do something similar to this plan that affected the Yerks who were actually active combatants and it didn't affect their host bodies and it didn't affect peaceful or like ambivalent Yerks. I mean, I wouldn't be thrilled, but I feel like that would be a much better idea. And, like, if it was coming from someone who wasn't Taylor, I think it would seem a little more believable, especially if it was coming from someone in the peace movement. I'm not sure that trying to play politics is necessarily a bad idea. I think there are ways that they could have made that work, you know, playing, for example, before when they played Visser 3 and Visser 1 against each other. Mm. That sometimes has worked for them in the past. You know, that got them out of the spaceship that one time because Visser 1's uh, minions let them go because they, uh, it would make Visser 3 look bad. But, or maybe it was the other way around, I don't remember. <laughs> it was a long time ago. Yeah, like last semester, I think. This isn't the way to do it if you are going to do it. Agreed, yeah. They're trying to get, they're trying to have an in into the political world instead of when they pitted the Vissers against one another, that was really successful because they were in control of the situation because they had power. But they don't, I mean, they think they have power over Taylor because they could kill her, I guess, but... Like, what does that really do? They're so focused on the individual retribution that they can have, but it's not really going to get them anywhere. I do honestly do think it's incredible that they've basically started a civil war within the Yurk invasion on Earth because of <laughs> how long it's taken and how much Visser 3 wants to just take, like, take it to all-out war. The fact that, I don't know, they've done that and now the Visser is, like, stooping to the, the lows of, like, I don't know, trying to come up with these weird janky plans just to kill them. But yeah, to just get back to Cassie's feelings about it, <laughs> how pissed would you have to be after trying to convince everyone not to do this and then having to save them anyways? And having to like kill or maim all those people just to make it happen in the first place. And they almost died. <laughs> favorite line from this book because i sure did it just sounds like you just are using this question as an excuse to tell me your favorite line yep that's what i do well <laughs> i don't have a favorite line so go ahead what's yours my favorite line was scrick the sound of a spoon <laughs> on the bottom of a pan oh are you kidding me why would you make me read that oh that's right because you have a thing about metal spoons top of chapter six page 29 the sound of a metal spoon dragged across the bottom of a pan i hate that <laughs> I hate tomato soup. I feel like it's best when you combine it with something. Like, it's not really good on its own, but, like, if you eat it with something else that goes well, like grilled cheese or whatever. 
I think I'm going to diagnose Rachel with ADHD. I think Rachel has ADHD because people who have ADHD, as I well know, often have like addictive personalities. And for me, it's shopping. So what if Rachel, like me, has like kind of a shopping addiction and also she's like impulsive. She has um, sort of emotional outbursts. I don't know. I'm, I'm into this. I like it because she also has such a, a fascination with the violence and the like adrenaline rush. I feel yeah. like she should just become like, she should actually become an athlete or do skydiving or just like, I don't know, get into some competitive game in order to get that rush instead of like, I don't know, killing Hork-Bajir controllers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> there are so many reasons and I think Parker has told me about the contrary to this, but I think there are so many reasons why I would never want to morph a taxon. But some people, as Parker has said, morph it recreationally, which sucks. The descriptions in this journal, if they are intended to scare me, they are working very well. Yeah, it was, it was pretty terrifying to read. You know, there have been times where they've come close to losing themselves in a morph where they have lost themselves, like with the ants, for example. But the thing about the ants is that, like, if you get stuck as an ant forever, what are you going to do? You're going to bite someone? Oh no, what a catastrophe. But if you're stuck as a taxon forever, you could do some serious damage to like the people you cared about before you lost yourself in the morph. In addition to being consumed with the potentiality of being stuck in the morph, you're also just doing an insane amount of damage as like a living wood chipper just when you're losing yourself and not able to get a grip when you first morph it. So like... I mean, these things can chew through the earth. That's like yeah. their thing. That's how hungry they are because they just like digest the dirt instantly. God, I wish that was me. <laughs> Wouldn't it be so cool to like actually be able to eat dirt? So tell me about your desire to eat dirt more. <laughs> I want to hear about that. I was just like one of those weird little kids who like hung out in the woods a lot and put stuff in my mouth. And sometimes that stuff had dirt on it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can eat dirt. It's whatever. Yeah, you can eat a little bit of dirt. That's just like a little extra flavoring on top. Yeah. As, as the great mycologists of yore say, everything is edible once. Gross. <laughs> Doesn't edible mean it sustains your life, though? Not Isn't that just eatable? <laughs> Consumable? I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but I'm not a linguist. Choose death, she repeated casually, mm -hmm. or listen what I, to what I have to say. Tobias woke up today and chose death. <laughs> and Taylor woke up and chose violence. Yep. Every day. Mm-hmm. Girl boss. <laughs> no! <laughs> Don't say it. <laughs> Do you think Submister Taylor had girl power? <laughs> Do you think she effectively utilized that girl power by trying to convince the Animorphs to actually kill the peace resistance movement? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I always enjoy like one of the characters morphs an Andalite, though, because that's really cool. Like, yeah. not going to say I'm obsessed and excited about what it would be like to be an andalite but i mean you can always just ask myla in it's she's never morphed before though and she doesn't have the same experience of like being something else nor have i well i just meant you can ask myla in what being an andalite is like but she doesn't have the perspective necessary we've had this conversation before trust me <laughs> okay speaking of interesting morphs that potentially reveal a lot about the person who morphs them 
The section where Tobias morphs Taylor, like pre-injury Taylor, felt extremely gender to me. Like, I know I am not exactly- Oh my god, I totally forgot about that. I'm not exactly our local expert in gender, I admit. But let me just read you this section because- let me just read you a few- a few bits. We'll need a human morph that won't give us away, Marco echoed. It ain't gonna be Cass. He attracts too many girls. And of course, I can't go same reason. Guys, I said, half scared, half thrilled by the meaning of my words. I just happen to have the perfect morph. And then Tobias morphs Taylor. Like, obviously, morphing the person who tortured you horribly is, like, not gonna be an uncomplicated experience. But there's a lot of, like... I don't want to say joy, because I think joy is too strong, because again, he is morphing someone who tortured him, but there's a certain sense of enjoyment that he is getting here. Yeah, I, I totally didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, I mean, I think because of some stuff that Parker said, it was like why it occurred to me, but it's like, I was dressed to kill, but I would have looked great in rags. I was a cover girl who could give even Angelina Jolie a run for her money. Like, he's lost in thought about it. He's lost in the sauce about it. The narration talks a lot about how, like, attractive Taylor is, especially, like, when Tobias is morphed as Taylor, because Taylor glared at the boy. I laughed. We were mirror images, literal carbon copies. But I was alive. Taylor wasn't. Not really. I had a sense of humor. Taylor had a coldness that enclosed her like a shield. The kid could see this. Anybody could. And so it's kind of like the way that these two people are inhabiting kind of the same appearance. Tobias is, is enjoying looking like this much more than Taylor is. And some of that may be because he's not dealing with like scarring and chronic pain. It's just extremely gender. Yeah, the moment where she where he surprises Taylor by morphing her and the narration says, her mouth dropped open. She was face to face with herself. And for a second, I trumped her. She was mine. Like, it seems like the narration would suggest that he's excited to just be able to throw her off her guard. But that line that you said about the fact that he feels morally superior in like a similar looking physical appearance is so interesting because it's like he knows that he can do better than she can with the same like circumstances of her body which yeah. is like fascinating that's so interesting because he just hasn't really articulated that about anything else before and he's really not about moral superiority in general so taxon we have to keep taxon x in line why would you call him taxon x when you could have called him axon <laughs> taxonomy <laughs> that's very good i think every time i see the word taxon i think taxonomy just tracking back to the beginning of the journal tobias is pretty reckless to like do something as a red tail talk but also it's scary that the yurks are so on edge and they they know the andalites uh, the andalite bandalite the end <laughs> the bandalite the, animorphs <laughs> the andalite bandalites <laughs> <laughs> that's my new band name <laughs> they know the animorphs so well that they know how to look out for a red-tailed hawk like tobias honey why don't you like morph something else because this is your base form why are you like you could just morph an andalite i don't yeah or just like another bird well I, they would probably still figure that out i guess with the thing in the beginning it's really just like any animal mind speaking some dude and being like hey i can lead you to your missing son is gonna trip the Yerks radar like when it's announced in the news to be fair like having it be a red-tailed hawk definitely helped I think but I feel like it probably no matter what um unless he well even if he had been like a disembodied voice the Yerks still would have been like oh that's someone in morph mind speaking yeah I feel like this is a pandemic mood almost like mm -hmm. you finally go outside 
for the first time in a while and you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to like relax a little bit and just be myself and like maybe I won't wear a mask and I'll just like go to the park, but I'll stay really far away from you like somebody else. Mm -hmm. And then you just get smacked in the face with the consequences. That actually happened to me. So you know how like a couple days ago we had really nice weather. I think it was like on Friday. I went on a walk because you know, I'm recovering from foot surgery. I need to build this muscle back up. And Mm -hmm. it was supposed to be a short walk, right? It was gonna be up to like Skylar's house and back, um, which is not that far. I wasn't even gonna go say hello to him because I knew he was busy. I was just kind of was walking over there. However, it was a really nice day and I was already so close to being able to like walk into the woods near Skylar's house that I was just like, I'm just gonna keep going. It's fine. Nothing hurts. Um, and ever since I went on that walk on Friday, I have been dealing with a fairly like sharp ache in the side of my foot, but now I can't go on any walks. Yikes. Yeah. <sighs> This is kind of off topic, but how, I mean, from the whole book, but I know you finished the series mm-hmm. <laughs> and I have some future knowledge, but mm-hmm. how do you feel about like, I don't know, I feel like there are theories about this particular group of kids not being completely random and like because of the coincidences. Yeah, I so like obviously like the usual explanation that people offer when anyone points out that this is like a weirdly ideal group of kids is like, oh, it was the Elemist. And so obviously, since I think that the Elmist, like, isn't really real or, like, isn't as powerful, at least, but mostly just isn't even real. Yeah, I don't know. I This is something I think about a lot, like, how they ended up there. Like, were they plants? Did they know ahead of time? I don't know. It, it definitely seems very weird to me that it's this group of kids that ended up in the right place at the right time. Especially because, at least allegedly, Tobias is related to Elfangor. Yeah. And I mean, I'm willing Marco to believe that. And Mr. One. Yeah, sure, but, like, just putting into question everything. Yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know, it's, maybe it is a coincidence, but we're the only, like, universe in which it worked out like that, and in every other universe it went horribly, but no. I I do think something deeper was going on, I just don't think it was the Elemist. Yeah, that's fair. Mm, I want you to read the Megamorphs. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think about that every time I read a Tobias book. I dug and thought of Taylor, the Yurk and the Girl what they'd let themselves become. Was anyone all evil? That couldn't be possible. I've heard that even Hitler was good to his dogs. Ugh. (laughs) What does that mean, Tobias? Doesn't matter, Tobias. That's not how evil works. Like, some things override the other things. Yeah. I did think it was really interesting that he found that when he morphed Taylor, the, like, inherent instincts of that body were really kind and gentle. And I don't know, I do think that there's definitely some iffy disability stuff going on throughout this book as much as i was joking and also sort of serious about how like gendery uh tobias morphing taylor was it also did feel kind of cruel like he he was doing it specifically to upset her because he was showing her what she used to look like and kind of reminding her that she isn't going to get that back Mm -hmm. that's true and again it was just a lot of like blaming her for becoming a voluntary controller because she was so badly injured which i mean i am disabled and have not become a voluntary controller in a fascist empire so you know i'm not saying that that excuses it at all it's just felt like yeah and hitler didn't become a fascist because he got rejected from art school like (laughs) 
Also, his art was not that good. <laughs> well, he didn't become a fascist because his art was bad either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just saying it makes sense he was rejected from art school because his art was, like, very boring. I've seen pictures. Right. I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago, kind of how people will tend to conflate being beautiful and being good. And so I feel like there is... Also kind of a weird ableist implication in Tobias being like, my morph of Taylor is better, is more lively, is funny, is kind and gentle underneath, like, my sort of control of the body. And also, my morph of Taylor is not disabled, is not scarred, does not have a prosthetic, versus the actual taylor or rather i mean it's at this point actually this i think this is also something we've been making a mistake about uh just now discussing it since we do see in the book that taylor is actually no longer sharing it is just the yerk controlling her body now yeah, and taylor's being point. suppressed so and so sure maybe he's sort of saying that the the actual taylor and the yerk using her body are like the lesser inferior not as vivacious taylor because of the yerk, but it does also feel like that it's tied into disability to some degree. And like he's saying. Definitely. I also think that it's just this is more echoes of Tobias's view on like femininity and womanhood and virtues that come with that of being like good and beautiful and kind and. <laughs> Like, he knows women, and he knows women that don't really fit that stereotype. So the fact that he essentializes Taylor's mind and, like, existence when he's morphed her as, like, the instincts of her body are kind, like, I mean, I think most people, I don't think it's a gender thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I just feel like he's making it out to to be that. Like, he morphs Axe, and Axe's brain is kind of, like, curious and positive yeah i thought that was a really interesting way to describe like sort of what the base andalite instincts are Mm -hmm. well i don't know if it's andalites or just acts but i feel like a lot of the andalites that we've seen have not really had the time or the space to be like curious and playful yeah exactly because they're all like (laughs) they're all war generals and stuff like that so it's contextual and i don't know i think tobias has some pretty yikesy opinions on lots of stuff, but especially the thing that he said about, like, the Civil War and then, like, this weird insert about Hitler. I'm just, like... Very white. Very white dude in the 1990s. Yeah. Not like that is, like, oh, it's fine, just... That's all the notes that I had to talk about. Number 43, the test featuring Taxon... Featuring Taxon... Taxon bias? Taxon bias. (laughs) To bikes mm. to yeah to that sounds like a, a high tech vape <laughs> like to on the vape of the future right because it's to back to sponsored by Exxon Mobil it'll kill you twice as fast oh my god that oil hits mm-hmm. so good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just looked at my phone and I still have not gotten a text or call from Parker, so I don't know where she is. Yep, she's dead, I told you. No! (laughs) She's recreationally taxon morphing right this very second. God! No, she's she's cockroach surfing. (laughs) (laughs) Or whatever that's called, like roach, roach riding. Roach riders. Roach riding sounds like a niche kink, not gonna lie. (laughs) 
<laughs> no! Gross. Um. Anyway. Anyways, until we see Parker again, which hopefully will be next week. Or even sooner. Stay- oh, wait, next week we're reading... Uh, 44 the one. oh is this the australia one australian one yeah yeah and then that is the last one for the semester so that is gonna be an interesting one to end with is there a third part to this class because <laughs> we're not finished no with the i don't or there might be i think there is at least at one point i think professor leon was planning to teach like an upper level one because i guess the last few journals are like intense enough that it's an upper level class but since he's been like sick i don't know if he's still planning to do it well i'll still read them anyways and we can talk about them i guess yeah sounds good all right stay safe cassandra bye stay safe or so the morph report is on patreon we here at the morph report care a lot about accessibility and providing transcripts for our podcast because of that we are paying someone to transcribe our episodes since we are unable to do it ourselves We've got a few tiers available right now on Patreon, and we're planning to expand if we get more backers. If you back us now, you can look forward to all kinds of fun perks, like making us read the extra books, making us read the Everworld series, or, best of all if you like to torture us a little, making us watch the TV show. You can also just stick with backing us at a lower level. You'll get things like thank yous and memes and bloopers. Thank you so much for your support. Stay safe. Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemicarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. love the Animorph series? How about podcasts? Do you love podcasts? Well, then listen no further, dear listener, and allow me to introduce the Animorphs podcast directory. Here you'll find an ever-growing list of Animorphs-themed podcasts to sit your every Animorphin desire. Check it out. We'll see you there. Secure channel! Secure channel! Secure channel! <laughs> <laughs> the foley work is excellent.